Isaiah 21, verse 11, the burden of Dumas, which means silence, is the sixth son of Ishmael. He calleth to me out of Zyre, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? The watchman said, The morning cometh, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire ye, return, come. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, as I bow before you, I thank you for your eternal word. I thank you for another opportunity to preach, and thank you for these that have gathered for the service. Lord, how we need you today, and I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be upon me and upon this service. Give me the words I need to say, and help me to be a blessing and be a help to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to bring the message and the phrase, there the morning cometh. You know, uh, night is, uh, the watchmen were on the uh, wall at night watching for the enemy to come. And the call is made out, watchman, what of the night? And he says, the morning cometh. And uh, that's, that's a, a, a blessed truth there. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the morning of regeneration. After the night of the darkness of sin. If you're saved, you remember that deliverance, don't you? That uh, morning uh, when God brought you out of the darkness. The Bible says in Proverbs 4:19, "The way of the wicked is as darkness." So throughout the Bible, he compares sin to darkness. Most sins committed at night. But may I say that God sees just as well in the dark as He does in the daytime, and we hide nothing from His eyes. More, more people die at night, you know, so the darkness. In Isaiah 9, 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. This was uh, fulfilled by Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. You can read about that, verse 12 through 17. Then in John 12, 46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And in John, 1 John, rather, 1, verse 5, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And the Lord Jesus is perfect light. Not one blemish in His character. No sin. You know, uh, a lot of people see sin in, in, uh, in believers. They see sin all around us, but you won't find any in Christ. In Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. That's what the Lord does. Takes us out of the darkness. In John 3, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. What does the light do? The light reveals the darkness, reveals that that is hidden in the darkness. You can come into this building in the darkest night that you could think of and you turn that light on, it'll drive all the darkness away. The light overcomes the darkness. The darkness can never overcome the light. But uh, people are lost because they lack the darkness. They, they love their sin. And they remain in a, in a lost condition. Salvation requires a repentant heart. Uh, 
Some people think, well, I can't get saved till I change my way of living. Uh, but uh, you get the cart before the horse teaching that. But one thing you do have to do, you have to have a repentant heart. You have to be willing to be changed, to be cleansed, and uh, to have that sin removed. It's an attitude of the heart to change the mind, really. In Romans 1.21, he says, Their foolish heart was darkened. For 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4, But if their gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so people are blinded to truth, and they're blinded to sin, blinded by their sin, and blinded to the truth of the gospel that can set them free from sin. In this culture today, people, they want to find a way to justify themselves in their sin instead of repenting of their sin and being cleansed from it. So, talks about the darkness of sin. Ephesians 4.18, having the understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And then in Ephesians 5, 8, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And God has set us free from the darkness. Regeneration, the new birth. Jesus told Nicodemus, you, you must be born again. And I believe Nicodemus did get born again. But uh, you have to be set free. Of course, he was blinded by the darkness of religion. You know, some people are religious, but they're, they're in darkness. They're in the darkness of, 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 of false religion. The devil don't mind you being religious just as long as you don't get saved. But he don't want you saved, and he don't want you born again. The Bible says, Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I like that. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. The Bible said sin shall not have dominion over you. If you're a child of God, you don't have to be dominated by sin. God has made a way of escape and victory uh, because of his new birth. 1 Peter 2, 9, But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, the Bible says in the New Jerusalem there'll be no night there and that the Lord is the light of the city. So it's a place of eternal light for people that have been set free from the darkness of sin. Then I'd like for us to talk about the morning of resurrection after the night of Calvary's suffering. Uh, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 23. Luke 23 as we... Uh, revisit Calvary again in Luke 23. That's page uh, 11, 11, where I'm going to be reading from. In Luke 23 and verse 44. Uh, and here you have uh, uh, the uh, salvation of the thief on the cross. And then in verse 44, and it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. This was not an eclipse of the sun. Now, this darkness was over all the earth. The Bible says here, it was about the sixth hour, that's 12 noon. 
and over all the earth until the ninth hour. That'd be three in the three p.m., three in the evening. And the sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Jesus says, I have power to lay it down. He could by his own divine will lay his life down. But he, he said something that no human being can do. He said, I have power to take it up again. Thank God for that. Now in verse uh, chapter 24, we read about that. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Let me pause and say this here. There's people that deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to say if he did not arise bodily from the dead, he did not arise at all. Because the only thing they put in the tomb was the body. And that's all we do when we have a funeral. The only thing we put in the cemetery is the body. And that body, the only thing, the only kind of resurrection is a bodily resurrection because the body is going to come out. They found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. <laughs> Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's alive, what he's saying. And remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Hear this glorious resurrection. Everything that we believe, everything we hope for, is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If Jesus is not alive, we don't have a Savior. And we have no hope of seeing our loved ones again. But the Bible said he is alive. Now in Acts 2, one of my favorite scriptures over in the book of Acts chapter 2, and verse 22, that's page 1151. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding the bed. I like that. <laughs> I like those last words. It was not possible. God's word is more powerful than death itself. Because he had said, you, put, you destroy this temple and in three days, I'll build it again. I'll raise it up. Talking about his body, his resurrection. It was not possible that he should be holding the bed. And he came out of the grave. Now that... Uh, uh, actually came out Saturday night, what we call Saturday night. Jewish day begins at sundown to the next sundown. And the Lord, of course, resurrected. The Bible says they, the, the women went to the tomb and, and it, was yet, it was still dark and, they, and the stone was rolled away. So he arose before, before the sunrise. Now, 
the morning of regeneration after the night of Calvary's suffering. Then there's the morning of the return of Christ after the night of the tribulation. Let's turn to Matthew 24 and we'll read about that event that is yet in the future. Matthew 24 and that's page 1034. Matthew 24 and, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, in verse uh, <clears throat> 29. Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven. The powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now this is, uh, this is seven years after the rapture. The next event is the rapture of the church that, that deals, deals with a believer, deals with the church. Paul talks about it as a mystery in 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, not everybody's going to sleep. Not, everybody's, not everybody will die. Uh, and so uh, I heard a preacher preach one time and he said, uh, he said people will die instantaneously and be instantaneously raised from the dead. It's not what my Bible says. It didn't say it. not everybody would die. You know, you just die in instantly. The Bible said, I show you a mystery. We are not all asleep. Not everybody's going to die, period. In the rapture of the church, there'll be a, a great, great multitude that won't die. That'll be caught up in the rapture and go to be of the Lord. And then there's the tribulation period that lasts for seven years. And at the end of the seven-year period of time, Jesus will come back to set his kingdom up upon this earth. The morning, the return of Christ after the night of the tribulation. The tribulation is an awful time. And we're, we're, I, believe it could, I believe it could start tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's a time, the Bible said there's never been a time like it. And I think of the days gone by, the days of, uh, of uh, trial and suffering. You think of, you think of the days of Noah and, and everybody drowned in that flood except the eight on the ark. And then I think of Sodom and Gomorrah and what an awful time that was. Uh, I think of the wars that have been fought. Uh, you know, the murder of six million Jews by Hitler. Uh, you know, this world has seen some trying times. It reveals the, the depravity of the, of the human heart. And, uh, but God said there's a time in the future, there's never been a time like it. And if God did not intervene, no flesh should be saved. But I'm glad before that day arrives, we're headed out of here. Amen. And I believe it's soon. I can say with John, even so come, Lord Jesus. Even so come. Come on, Lord. I'm ready. I'm sick of this world. I'm sick of this world with all of its heartache and all of its sorrow and, and uh, all the cancer and all the dying and all the, all the suffering, I'm, I'm tired of it. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the Lord to come. He knows when he's coming. He'll be on time. He won't be late. When the time for his coming is ready, he'll be here. We'll be caught up to meet him in the air. The Bible says we'll be caught up with our loved ones and to, to meet the Lord in the air. The, the morning of the return of Christ. You know, we're... Uh, you know, headed for uh, uh, election Tuesday, and Carolyn was talking to me about how sick she was of all these ads.
Tell them about how sorry the other fellow is or other person is. And I want to tell you, uh, it's kind of like Mac Hodge says back when they were investigating the Watergate scandal, you know. He explained it as a bunch of crooks investigating a bunch of crooks. So <laughs> I guess that's pretty good. But anyway, I'm glad Jesus has an answer to the problems. And you can believe him. And that's, that's the government I'm looking forward is when he takes the throne and, and when he uh, bring, has the answer to the problems of life. Acts 2, verse 19 and 20. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Listen, folks, it's all, it's all going up in smoke. Don't get too attached to this world. We're not gonna be here long. Amen. And don't build too great an empire because God's gonna burn it to the ground. And uh, the hope is the coming of the Lord. And uh, when the Lord will uh, make that glorious change. Well, Revelation 6 through 19 describes this night of judgment. You can read about it. We're not gonna try to preach all that this morning. But in Revelation 22, 16, the Bible says as he closes out the Bible, he's the bright and the morning star. In the Old Testament, in Malachi, when he closes out the Old Testament, he tells us that uh, uh, the son of righteousness shall arise with hill in his wings. You know, the bright and morning star, when, you, when that comes up, you know the sun will be coming up shortly. Jesus is the bright and the morning star, and he come, he's gonna take us out of this cursed world before he, before he pours out his divine judgment. And, and I'm glad I'm not gonna be here. I used to read those, those chapters in Revelation, used to scare me and frighten me, uh, but I'm not frightened by it anymore because I'm gonna be gone. We'll be gone. The night of the return of the morning, the return of Christ after the night of the tribulation. Then I'd like to talk to you about the morning of release after the night of sickness. We've had to say goodbye this week to one of our precious members. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's a sad time for us, sad time for the family, and a sad time for me. I had a hard time, you know, uh, in that funeral. But, you know, it's a blessing. Uh, it's a blessing, really, in disguise. You know, after Adam and Eve had sinned against the Lord in the, uh, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that God drove them out. Think of that. They didn't want to leave out to a cursed earth. And uh, he, put, uh, he put fire cherubims and a flaming sword to protect the way of the tree of life. And God was doing us a great favor then, lest he would eat of that tree of life and live forever. Uh, you know, man was never meant to die. Have you ever thought about that? Death is unnatural. Death is something that God never intended for us to have to go through. And yet it's, it's a blessing you see, if, if, if he had not done that and people could have gotten to the tree of life, they, they could never die and yet uh, could never get rid of the sickness. Can you imagine living with, with a crippling disease for eternity? What an awful thing that would be. You know, the unbelievers, when they're resurrected from the dead, some, some believe they'll get a glorified body, but I don't find that in the scripture. At least I can't find that. 
If you can find it and tell me about it, let me know. But you think of having to be confined to that, the curse for all eternity. So death, death really, the Bible said to be absent for the bodies to be present with the Lord. And it's a way out. A way out of this cursed earth and cursed body after the night of sickness. Job 7, 4 says, When I lie down, I say, When shall I rise? And the night be gone. And I am full of tossings to and fro until the dawning of the day. Have you ever spent a night when you couldn't sleep? A night in pain and discomfort and tossing to and fro? Job said, that's, that's what I'm, I'm doing. And I think of the suffering of that good man. A lot of people say, well, if, you're, if, you're just, if you get right with God, you won't ever have any problems. You won't find that in the Bible. God doesn't guarantee us a flowery bed of ease in this world. He guarantees us a glorious eternity. But uh, he said, uh, I'm, I, when shall the night be gone and I can be set free? Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse uh, 16, page 1233. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Listen how he explains that. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if earth the house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that has wrought us for the self same thing as God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Well, it's a whole lot better there. You know, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 1, and uh, that's uh, page 12, 58, Philippians 1, and verse uh, 20, 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You know, I've often said you can't lose if you know the Lord. And uh, because if you, if you live, you have Christ to walk with you. Don't guarantee that you won't have problems. Doesn't guarantee you won't get cancer. But God says, you'll have me to walk with you through the valley. And I know Gary told me, said, just pray that God will give me grace to bear it. And he did. And he really honored the Lord, you know, in those days. Uh, God gives the grace, don't he? For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, 
having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Well, he says, I'd rather be there than here. Well, Paul had the unique privilege. In 2 Corinthians 12, I believe Paul made a journey there. And God sent him back. And if you could, if you could, go, look, if you could go see that place, you'd say, man, this <laughs> uh, any time, Lord. <laughs> if we could just set eyes on that city that's fairer than day, we'd not want to be here, would we? You know what I think the desire of those that's there? Bring the rest of the family up here. And that's exactly what the Lord's going to do. He said it's far better. Uh, and uh, it's not just a little better, it's a whole lot better. To die is gain. Well, the Apostle Paul in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, page 1281. For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Well, he, he was looking forward to going. And uh, uh, he, he had a good testimony for the Lord. You know, we don't know when we're going to get through with our, with our course. Sometimes we don't understand why does God take the little baby? Or why does God take the teenager? Why does God take the young adult? We don't always understand. We, we can't see the whole picture, the, the whole plan of God. But God sees the end from the beginning. And he said, I finished my course. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Then in Second Peter chapter 1, you know, Peter... He denied the Lord three times, and uh, he was scared. Uh, but uh, I want you to, you know, when it really came time to die, I, you may think about death today, and you may, you may be frightened by it. But I want to tell you, when it's time to go, God will take the fear away, and he'll provide the grace you need. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1, verse 13, page 13, 17, Yea, and I think it meets as long as I am this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. But he's not, he's not denying the Lord now, is he? Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For you have not followed cunningly devised fables when you, we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Well, a morning of release. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. God's going to wipe all the tears away one day, and uh, there will be no more sorrow, and there will be no more suffering, and there will be no more pain. And death itself will yield to his power. The Bible said the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And God's going to remove it for all eternity. That's the hope. That's why I'm here. That's why I keep going. Telling this good story. Telling the good news of the gospel. That there's a better way. And there's a new day coming. And I want to tell you it's not all in vain folks. You're not wasting your time being in church this morning. One day it's going to 
pay off. I told Gary that. You know, as he sat faithfully over on the left side over here, I said, it's going to pay off. And big dividends. When you put God first, you put him number one, one day it'll be worth it all. I believe that. Let's bow our heads, please.